All right, we've got Guy Griffiths here of GG Fit, um, one of the UK's leading retention consultants. Is that right? Uh, if, yes, if you if say so, I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> um, can you give the listeners a little bit of an introduction about um, how you came into forming GG Fit and how, um, like, what you're working on for the next year or so? Yeah, sure. Um, so the I was I was born at an early age, um, as as was everyone. Uh, but fast forwarding through the journey, I did a degree in aeronautics and astronautics. Um, so I think I'm your first rocket scientist on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but lived and worked in the city, as in the city of London, we call it the city over here, in banking and IT for 11 years after my degree. Um, putting in banking systems, educating people about them, selling resilience and anti-money laundering solutions. Um, and, and had, had a, a, a great job and life, living and working in the city, but it was quite stressful. I had some life and business coaching, um, which was very good for me and great for my team and good for the company. But ultimately, that changed my focus a little bit. Um, I tried a management buyout, but thankfully that was unsuccessful. And then I took a few months off sitting on top of a mountain, wondering what to do, um, snowboarding down at the end of the day, uh-huh. um, or sometimes twice or three times a day and uh 2008 was when i founded gg fit um with the intention of um basically helping people to get fitter and healthier um uh, and yeah that, that's the ultimate goal of the business i thought about becoming a personal trainer like yourself but that would require a lot of retraining um and a lot of work so i use my the skills i already had in in it and software and the coaching the soft skills um, to really develop GG Fit into a business that rather than working with a hundred people um, over a month as a PT, works with uh, 40 or 50 clubs at a time and uh, you know we can affect 40, 50,000 people a month um, and get them to stay longer. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, the, that's how I came to be here. Awesome. Um, just kind of a tangential thing. Talk to me a little bit about mm-hmm. coaching. Um, what was your experience with business and personal coaching? Um, why did you do that and what benefit or reward did you see afterwards? Um, it really, uh, so it, it was great. It was something that was paid for by the company originally. Um, oh, and yeah, which was great. Um, but yeah, it really, it opened my mind um, to what is possible both in business and in life, uh, you know, and in setting life and business goals and then breaking them down and working towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, as I started up GG Fit, I actually did a fair bit of life coaching and business coaching for other people in terms of, you know, get, get, getting some revenue while I was working or building up the network um, in the fitness industry. Um, and in terms of that business life coaching that I was doing, a lot of it I felt, I mean, I, I, I trained in it and had qualifications, but I felt a lot of the time I was sitting there drinking coffee, listening to people. Yeah. Um, but so much of it is about listening and about accountability. Um, and, and I find it really useful even now to have a coach for the, that accountability piece. Do you have um, a coach right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, interesting that like, I haven't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm 29. Um, I'm fairly new to the like running your own business type mm-hmm. of uh, environment, but I feel like in the last maybe three, four years, having a coach has become a lot more um, like the new normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think. And I was wondering if you have noticed a trend towards that, like basically seeking out professional help 
with someone who's encountered the problems that you're trying to solve in your own business? Yeah, um, I've always thought that it's more normal in the States and, and <laughs> yeah. more unusual over here. Um, you know, a lot of people who talk, you know, ask me about it. It's like, you know, I, 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 is it, are you a psychologist or? A, yeah. yeah, well, no. And I, I think that often, um, you know, not having the solutions or not necessarily having the experience is, is good um, mm -hmm. because you're not biased. Um, but also being your own boss is great, mm -hmm. you know. Sign, signing off holiday and expenses no problem at all yeah. um, but you know hitting a deadline getting things done um, I find it really useful for that yeah um, and, and just yeah that, that accountability piece which you know now is what I do a lot of for uh, I don't do any really business or life coaching outside the fitness industry but within the industry helping managers or staff to just either set their goals or understand why they're in the business mm -hmm. um, and and understand their numbers and work towards them um, is, is really important. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you've noticed over the last couple years in terms of club retention um, and kind of the trends that you see emerging in the later part of 2018, 2019, 2020. Where do you think the industry is going? Um, well, I'm, so from a UK perspective, um, there are a lot more boutiques opening now um, and um, you know, over the last few years, we've seen a shift, well, probably the last five, five to 10 years, really, we've seen a shift from the classic big box gyms, the, the Fitness First Alley Fitness, mm -hmm. and the local authorities or leisure centers, which are, are you know, run by effectively the local council or a trust on their behalf. Budget clubs have come along. They've, they've changed the industry. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, I think in a good way. Not everyone would agree. Um, yeah. you know, they think they've lowered the the price of fitness and lowered the service levels, but that's because a lot of clubs lowered their prices to try and compete and couldn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, there's the, the, the big differentiator there is service. So you can go and join uh, a budget gym tomorrow and you, uh, it's probably pretty easy not to have an induction or orientation. Mm -hmm. um, but that means a lot of the other small to medium clubs are also not offering them because they're reducing their service, which is, I, th I think that's hurting the industry. In fact, I know it is from a retention point of view. Can you, elaborate, can you elaborate a little bit on that? In terms of orientations? Um, yeah, orientations and the services offered depending on price point of the membership. Hmm. Um, so I don't know that there's not much difference in price point. Most of our clients will say that there is an induction available. Um, mm -hmm. Once we've worked with them, and I mean induction orientation, getting started session, whatever. Yeah. Um, most of them will, uh, a lot have made that optional because I'm coming in to join a gym. And if I say, look, I'm either going to join the budget gym down the road where I don't have to have an induction or I'm joining here and I don't want one because I'm experienced and I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, and we convince clients uh, and, and through that whole coaching and measurement to say Look, let's try and sell the induction more let's ensure people have the induction because we know um, and there's lots of research on this that members who have some kind of appointment at the start of their membership stay longer yeah yeah um hmm. what percent of people do you think actually don't need an induction <laughs> i think everyone needs one yeah I, I agree. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking from a fitness point of view, from a, 
you know, this is how to do a lap pull down or, or whatever else, because I'm, I, I don't have that background. I don't have the qualifications that you and, and most yeah. of the people in the fitness industry do. Um, but I know that uh, sitting down with someone um, at the start of your membership, you know, after the sale has happened and mm -hmm. saying, you know, can we book you on a class? Can we just take a note of some of your goals? Can we talk about your goals? You know, mm -hmm. can we, can we use the grow model, for example, to go through what you're aiming for or, or whatever process it is rather than lose weight. Great. Okay. I'll just tick that box. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how, you know, how lose weight and why lose weight and, and drill down a little bit, but it's just an appointment that is building rapport with a member so that when they come back or in th three weeks or three months time, mm -hmm when they're maybe a little bit lost, they have someone to come back to rather than having their headphones in and, and really looking lost on their yeah. last visit Yeah. Or before they cancel. It's interesting because in, in the US, in, I mean, I've, I've, I don't know if you know the background or not, but I, I did like 50 gym tours and mm -hmm, yeah. um, mostly in California, but and historically the induction session has been a, like a sales opportunity and I'm using air quotes there. Uh -huh. yep. And it's felt like the members have felt like if I do this session, it's just going to be a sales mechanism for mm -hmm. the personal training team. Yeah. Um, and that is partly, I think that is partly it. There's a benefit to the personal training team to getting in front of new members who might not be acclimated to the gym yet. Sure. But I think a big part of it is kind of what you said about building rapport around just connecting a new member to at least one staff member or at mm -hmm. least someone who teaches classes, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and for me, what I always did when I did induction sessions was the first question I asked people was how can I be the most helpful to you in this hour? Yeah. So it's not about, it's not about kind of like putting your methodol or putting your beliefs about fitness onto them. It's about giving them what they want mm -hmm. at their new buying decision. So like yeah. they've already invested the money to join and the time and energy it takes to join a club. Yeah. If you give them what they want, they're going to feel better about the purchase than if you put your beliefs onto them about fitness and health and all this stuff. So, yeah. I'm wondering if there's any, any like difference because I know you're super dialed into the orientation session or whatever you want to call it. Is there um, like a verbiage difference if you call it like a free personal training session versus an introduction session or an orientation? Um, I would take out the word free always. Okay. Um, but uh, in terms of the terminology, yeah, a lot of, a lot of clubs over here have changed from having an induction. Um, you know, I, I know a few people who have been induced, um, but that, that tends to mean something else. Yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, the, the terminology changed. I, I know lots and lots of people who've joined gyms who therefore have experience and therefore have had an induction. And that induction five years ago or 10 years ago was, was absolutely shocking. Okay. They were shown 10 pieces of kit and left to get on with it. Um, that is not what we are talking about with an orientation today. Mm -hmm. certainly not at our clients mm -hmm. um so changing it to be a step one mm -hmm. for example or a welcome session um uh, yeah the word free i'll take that out um or calling it a pt session you know you get a pt session that's what we start you off with there is a bit of sales there then i think um, yeah but i think your 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 question that's a great coaching question the uh you know how what can i can't remember exactly what it was now 
what, what can I be the most get? helpful to you in this hour or in yeah. our time together? All, no. all about them, you know, or even, you know, how long have you got? Okay, yeah. actually, you've got 15 minutes, right? So how long, how, how yeah. helpful, you know, normally this session is, t takes an hour and is worth X pounds or dollars. Mm -hmm. um, but okay, you, you want 15 minutes of it, no problem. How, you know, how can I be most helpful to you in, in these 15 minutes? Yeah. Um, and yeah, absolutely not, not going on to, uh, you know, we're going to put you on the treadmill on the bike. We'll warm you up on the bike and get you on the treadmill and do, you know, that old fashioned induction, show you a few bits of kit. The best inductions, I think, really show no pieces of equipment. Um, or maybe ask the member, what pieces of equipment do you like the look of? Or does your friend use? Yeah. And if they want to know, if they want to go on the power plate today because Elle McPherson uses the power plate, then let's get them on the power plate, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they want to do. If they want to pick three pieces of kit and go and use them, show them how to use them well and, you know, come back when you're um, bored of those or experienced with those or want to do something new yeah so yeah it's rapport it's um building um a connection and changing it to step one it's something we did at a client they had uh they th they thought that every member coming through the door had an induction mm -hmm. um, and we measured it so they, they honestly thought 100 percent of members had an induction and you know one of the first that's the first question i'll always ask and the answer is often yeah all of them everyone has an induction here um how can they be misinformed to that level um because they believe everyone has to and they believe everyone has to for health and safety but then they don't measure it no no and then you and then you drill down and you say but some people will have um some people will come in and say you know I, i'm experienced or if like like i said earlier if if i have to have an induction i'm not joining here i'm joining down the road and the salesperson just folds and says okay no problem Here's your card. Here's your key. Here's what you need. Yeah, Off a friend of mine just a friend of mine just joined a um, a really prestigious brand here in the U.S. and I won't say their name, but he sure. sat down with their trainer and their trainers all go through sales training again mm -hmm. using air quotes. Um, mm -hmm. And the first question that the trainer asked was, "Are you serious about doing personal training, or are you just trying to get a free session out of this?" It's just like so wildly nice palm. yeah and yeah. like that's just the mindset of scarcity versus abundance like this trainer's time isn't good enough to give someone an hour yeah. to get them acclimated to this place where they're spending more than 200 dollars a month like that's yeah. that's just not sales but day, day, day one that person has no idea whether they want personal training you know, yeah they might on day 30 they might on day 100 they might yeah. after one year realize and you know then there's no way they're going to that guy yeah guaranteed right? <laughs> that's yeah you know that's it's 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 worse than not doing the induction at all but not much worse <laughs> yeah but, maybe not i don't know um uh, okay so talk to me a little bit about um how how you see that in the next couple of years? Um, maybe not just onboarding or induction, but how you see um, measurement affecting retention and kind of making things actionable for companies mm. and businesses in the next couple of years. Well, I mean, I can I, I can even you know talk about a client that went they they went from fifty percent. So this you know that this is a a reasonably large local authority, um, mm. twenty odd sites. 
mm-hmm. um, which is it's always good to work with a multi-site operator because you can yeah. see which sites are doing well. It's you know if it if it's one organization, you're comparing the, the instructors at that organization. Yeah. If you're looking at a, a multi-site, then uh, you can get a lot more a lot more done and, mm-hmm. and affect a lot more people. But realistically, they had fifty percent of their members having an induction that was recorded in the system. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was probably slightly better. There were some people who were getting inductions but weren't booked in. Okay. Um, so we changed it to a step one, um, and this this is something that anyone can do. Okay, it's just it's just a process to go through. We changed yeah. it to step one, which implies there's going to be a step two and a mm. step three. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, but you know, calling it a step one implies that. Um, that saw um, a little improvement, but at the same time, we introduced an option called fast start. So when a member is you say basically everyone has a step one and if a member's banging the desk or they really do look experienced well we'll do a fast start it's going to take five to 15 minutes we're just going to check some goals you know if there is any equipment you want us to show you fine but we just want to um basically people who have this appointment stay longer yeah you're joining today if you do this you'll stay longer is that's the sales pitch so you you tell people that out of the gate I, personally, I personally I would. Not all the sales advisors would, and I think there's one or two of them still going. Where's health and safety? If you don't yeah. do it, you can't use the gym. You might fall off a treadmill. But <laughs> um, so changing it to a fast or giving the option of a fast start saw the bookings of step ones go up to um, I think sixty seventy percent. Mm-hmm. We then also started measuring the attendance of the sessions, and unfortunately, that was still around fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so some text reminders. Um, a better sales process of this is what you're going to do. You need to turn up on this day at this time in your kit um, and it's going to take this long and, and really go knuckling down and selling that, um, that step one. Um, and we got up to um, 83% booking and um, 61% attending. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that difference from the previous, the, the, the 50% who were originally just booking Mm-hmm. Um, we can see that 12 months on from uh, the people who booked an induction in January 2017, mm-hmm. we can see that they are 22% more likely to still be members if they had either a step one or a fast start. That's huge. Um, and, and for an organization like that, it's, it was £94,000 per annum. Mm-hmm. As, as part of that, introducing that step one and two and three process, but just looking at that measurement of the difference. And things like, um, when it's, it comes down to the instructors recording and the, all the sales staff recording these interactions in the system, mm-hmm. in, in the contact management system. But that's so important because if it's not in there, they won't get the reminder. Yeah. And after the induction has been attended, the next day they get a text that just says, hey, Alex, you had an induction yesterday. How did it go? Mm-hmm. Um, and we get feedback on probably around 10% of the inductions mm-hmm. and they're typically scored eight or nine. I think the last average was something like 9.3% out of 10. It's not an exact net promoter score, but that they wanted to use something like that. Yeah. Um, but the amount of positivity coming through the occasional negative member going, I didn't want an induction anyway, but you made me have one. I'm like, great, good work guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that person will stay longer. You know, I, I like to see the odd false positive, if you like, come through there. Yeah. But you then feed that back to the fitness managers and they feed it back to their staff and say, hey, look, guys, this is how many inductions we're delivering. This is what people think of them. And, and this is how well you're doing. There was a little blip there where um, we were getting some good feedback, 
but the and we, I was reporting this back to the fitness managers, and they said, "Oh, look at that! You know, we've got eight, eights, and nines out of ten, and a few tens. I'm going to tell all my guys they're doing well." Part of the feedback form is, "Who did your induction yesterday? Who is it with?" Yeah, and like sixty percent of the responses had a correct name in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I said, so who are you going to pat on the back? Who are you going to say has done well? Who are you going to say has got five tens out of 10? Because Mm -hmm. this member didn't know the name of the guy or girl who did their induction yesterday. So that's another mini KPI. It's a very simple stat. Yeah. I I, I often get buried in data. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of clients do. But something very simple that you can say, look, we've got 100 bits of feedback here. We need 90% of them to have a name on them. Because how can a member not know the instructor who did their induction yesterday. So now the, the script is more, uh, so Alex, we've just done your induction. You've spent an hour with me. I hope that was all, that was all good. Uh, my name, don't forget my name's Guy. You're going to get a feedback form tomorrow and, um, you know, give me some good feedback, please. Or, you know, some honest feedback. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with it being, you know, a bit premeditated, premeditated there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't forget to put guy on the form and, and give me a good score tomorrow. And that whole loop of um, bringing more feedback, it's helping the instructors to do more inductions because the mm-hmm. more they do, the better they feel. They go home feeling like they've done a good job. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, a very simple stat. So more, more of that, more yeah. of that style of um, a simple little feedback loop, collecting some simple data um uh, and using that to drive more inductions to happen because you've got these messages and comments from members going i had the, the best induction i've ever had yesterday it's, well, mm. it's not an induction it's a step one but i feel really set up for my goals and that's the kind of stuff that you can then post on a poster or on facebook or yeah uh, you know, use those quotes so what's the time frame from purchase to um, first step that mm. be the most profound effects? Because I've, I've worked at a, a gym with like 8,000 members and mm-hmm. we have like seven or eight join a day. Uh-huh. Um, so it's really hard to get all of those people in because mm-hmm. that's just, I mean, trainers have a full, hopefully a full book of business anyway. Sure. Um, so what's the time frame where it, it stops becoming effective to do that or becomes less effective? Um, I, a good question. Cause I don't know the answer. Okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I would say in my experience, I would say as soon as possible yeah. within a week if possible. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, we work with clubs that have, you know, five, 6,000 members and in January and at the moment in September, they will struggle with getting yeah. everyone in for a one-on-one. Um, and some of our clients will do a group induction, um, which I think is okay. Um, if you can then take that to a step two, which is a, is, a, is a one-on-one. If it means you're putting two or three people together who want to be together, who have no objection to that. And you also get people who join who will only do a group induction with their friend. Yeah. So Your husband, you know, your wife, or whatever. Yeah. In those circumstances, fair enough. But generally, you want some kind of one-to-one in the first week or so. But um, you know, in, in busy periods, it is difficult to achieve that sometimes at busy clubs. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about what, um, I, it feels like I have a pretty good idea what you're for in fitness, like what mm-hmm. you believe in. Talk to me about what you are against um, and kind of what, mm. what companies may be doing that you think might have a detrimental effect on their relationship with their customers. 
Um, I think we've, I think I mentioned it already. I think free. Mm-hmm. The big one for me is free. Yeah, just free. Yeah, get a if you, uh, yeah, join join that no joining fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or one month free. Maybe maybe one month free, but you know it's month twelve, right? It's mm-hmm. not month one. Yeah, um, we've seen a lot of that. But also free PT. As soon as you say free PT, you know you get a you get a free PT session included. No, no, no. You get a PT session worth a hundred dollars or or a hundred pounds or whatever uh-huh. included. Um, or if you um, if you win this challenge, or if you refer a member, yeah, you don't you don't. There's so many one month free, particularly when what does that actually cost the club? Yeah, it costs the club nothing, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, the word the word free would be one of the big things that I'm against um, in fitness, and that's yeah, that's a constant drum that I'm beating, um, particularly around the PT thing. Um, you know, if someone has done something and they're going to get some, the, you know, the reward for that is a PT session, then mm-hmm. let's say, um, you know, you will win a PT session worth £100. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we will pay Alex to deliver an hour's PT to you. The value of that is £100. The club mm-hmm. might not be paying Alex £100, yeah. right? Yeah. But but they should be paying the PT something for that. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I believe <laughs> Well, yes, they or, or it may be part of the agreement, right? Yeah. But um, the PT will feel more obliged and will do better. And you know, if they're measuring their numbers and they're working at how many inductions they've done, and they know yeah. and they, they know their their stats, yeah. um, they'll be trying to hit that number of inductions a month, and then they'll be following up with all of those members a month on. A good diligent PT will you know have yeah. that call log or that spreadsheet or system, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to follow up with their members, touch base with them, say hi to them in the club, because um, if they don't they're very unlikely to become PT clients down the line. Talk to me about the psychology of free and why you're against that. Um, it's the, it's the, you're immediately making something valueless. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it's as simple as that. Just you, you, you should always, if you're doing, if you're thinking, oh, let's put free here, then yeah. you know, take the word free away. For a start, it's going to be no good for any newsletters or member communications that you're sending out because it's going yeah. to go straight to spam. Okay, so for a start, just take the word free and don't replace it with complimentary because Google will do exactly the same with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, put just put a value on it, and you know, say say that you will win and bump up the value maybe even you mm-hmm. know one hundred pound, one hundred and fifty pounds worth of of PT mm-hmm. um, because people will want to win that more yeah. or will want to, to, to earn that um, yeah. and also as I say from the PT's point of view um, they are they are not they're no longer delivering free PT and thinking yeah. you know towards the end of the hour I want, I, want to, I want to knock off and you know get on with the next client who's paying yeah uh, yeah they're delivering a, a 100 pound session yeah um, one of my um, one of my favorite quotes and I, I kind of, I look back on my early like sales career is mm-hmm. um, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Uh-huh. So when you, when you were accustomed to saying like, Oh, we give away a free session. We will, we want to give this to you free. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It, why, why aren't people taking us up on it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a good question. And it takes a while to learn. Like when you're new and you're not confident in what you're doing, everything uh-huh. looks like something you should give away. Yeah. Um, 
or at least like let people test it. And I actually, if I think someone's a serious candidate for personal training, I'll still give them a free session because I'm so confident in my ability to close them. And I think that there's a difference between letting someone serious test out something that is Mm. really expensive. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't test drive a car and charge someone for it. Right. Like that's just not how it works. But, um, but the the word I think I agree with you on. Um, but I bend that rule a little bit for myself because I know how. I mean, I'm very confident in my ability to yeah, yeah change sure. that to a client from just a free session. But, hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, when you know if it's a challenge that uh, everyone in the club is doing, and you know there's a random selection at the end, and they win something. Yeah, know, free PT is like you. You don't get as many people as the other to use the car analogy again the uh the the great one that um, we've run is um so there's a some kind of fitness challenge everyone's burning calories or trying to run the distance or whatever it is a, a marathon over 26 days something very easy that lots of people can do we, we we help clubs set up a lot of challenges make them simple make them varied make them inclusive mm-hmm. my three tips but one of them was win a car um and there was small print which basically said for the weekend oh, but, you know it's, it's it's a deal that the club has done rather than say, Oh, win a month free. It's like a, we've gone down to the local mini uh, showroom uh-huh. and said, Hey guys, we're putting this promo on. We want to promote your mini showroom to the, you know, as part of this challenge, it's going to run over three weeks. This is what everyone's going to do. A hundred people typically get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to give one of them test drive and a mini for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll be over 18. They'll be over 21 or whatever it is. The criteria yeah um and yeah when when a car everyone's like you know the buzz that you get talking about that and you know one <laughs> person's basically got a test drive for the weekend in a car yeah. but um it's a much better prize um or the other example of that is referrals let's refer and this is more sales than retention but referrals do lead to better retention yeah um let's say everyone who refers someone this month is something that um Ashley, I think, was talking about, you know, the 50 for 50. Mm-hmm. That's a great offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone who refers someone goes into the pot to win a year's free membership. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've got the word free there, but, you know, a year's membership. That's worth whatever. Um, and if you refer three people, you go in three times to the draw. But that's much better than giving – it's much better for the club than giving every person that refers one month. Yeah. You're giving one person a whole year. Yeah. Um, you'll get a lot more referrals that way yeah. Uh, because they're in with the chance of winning and whoever does win will be up in lights and up on Facebook and everything else. And Oh yeah. They're, yeah. they're a promoter for life. Yeah. And everyone else is going, Oh, well done. That person. Great. I need to get more referrals <laughs> in next month so that yeah. I can win the chance. Right. Um, so can you, can you tell me something that um, every gym could do starting tomorrow? that would have a long-term effect to help them make more money? Um, make more money. Uh, stop, stop doing free. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I think the other thing is, um, is, is looking at the data. And that's, you know, when 2008, when I started Fit, someone designed a logo for me, which looked great. And I had data motivation there. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, and that really sticks now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's using data, understanding data, getting someone in the organization who, you know, can drill into that data, but not get completely 
overwhelmed by it, but understands some key performance indicators mm -hmm. and then back that person. Or if, if you don't have that person, then you know, we'll come in and do it for you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to have someone who is focusing on the data and everyone knows the sales numbers, everyone knows their target for last month and what, whether they hit it or not. Everyone yeah. knows the target for this month and probably they already know whether they're going to hit it or not. Yeah. Um, but how did everyone who joined last month do? How many of them had an induction? We mm -hmm. should know by now, mid-September, because mm -hmm. you know, it, it's been a week since those last bunch of people joined on the 31st of August. Mm -hmm. So. What's the percentage of people who had an induction? And then at the end of September, let's look at everyone who joined in August and say, how many of those have made whatever your minimum first month visit is, say mm -hmm. four. And there will be a correlation between people that have had an induction or not and people who have not made four month visits. Yeah. Or four, four visits in their first month. So, so um, I was going to get kind of like big picture here. Let's say someone mm -hmm. is running, um, is is CrossFit a, a big thing in uh, the UK? Yeah, um, yeah, reasonably big. I don't think it's big as over there, but yeah, there's club, there's CrossFit clubs. So, let's say someone's running a CrossFit club um, uh -huh. where it they don't necessarily have someone to they don't have the budget to come in and pay someone to look mm -hmm. at the data for them, either full time, part time, whatever. They just don't have the budget for it. Sure. How do you look at data if you're new to it? Um, you keep it simple. Um, so, uh, it's, um, it's, ha it's having a good system. You know, we work with a, a we don't have a system ourselves, a GG fit. We work with a raft of different systems or we'll work out, work, work with whatever the system that the club has. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I mean, one of the key bits of data that people need to look at is, is last visit date. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, you can go down to the nth degree and look at risk scores and, and when we do that, and that's, you know, it's very interesting. Um, but ultimately, if someone has joined and not visited yet, then let's give them a call. Um, you know, forget yeah. email and text. Let's get them into the club. But I, th I mean, I think someone like CrossFit is doing that already. Um, yeah, they they're are, really. Engaged. They might only have 250 members in a gym, but yeah. Um, what, I think. What, go ahead. I, I, th I think what they do is they know, um, and I don't know exactly how they know, but I, I, I know people who've worked and who've run those clubs over here, and I've seen them posting on Facebook, Alex hasn't been in for three weeks, you know, where's Alex? Putting out a missing, missing person's report for Alex. Really? Um, yeah, quite, yeah, quite cheeky, but, um, <laughs> but you know, really effective, great bit of social media uh, coverage as well. Yeah. But that, that would be the other thing. We've talked a lot about onboarding. It's knowing um, which members are, uh, what I would say is dozing off. Uh -huh. um, Alex, you, re you were chatting with Alex Reunify about the whole, you know, sleeping members. And sure, people are afraid of members who've been asleep for six months. Mm -hmm. But let's not let them get there. Let's know who visited three weeks ago. Yeah. Hasn't been in since. Yeah. And at, at a CrossFit club, it's, it's having that data and ringing those people up and finding out that they didn't check in. Mm -hmm. well, okay, fine. Could you check in, please? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we could put some automated facial recognition software in to find out when everyone comes in, but probably not at a CrossFit club. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe at a, a big box gym. Um, yeah. In fact, that, that, is, that is one of the things that's happening in the future, going back to your, your very first question is, you know, understanding when members are in the club. Mm -hmm. um, and facial recognition is one of the ways forward. It's one of the solutions to the access control issue. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing uh, in terms of 
making more money. It's recognizing people who are, you know, fast going downstream towards that waterfall mm-hmm. um, and catching them before they get to the edge and, yeah. and just doing, doing something, doing anything, which could make them leave. Mm-hmm. But if they do leave because you've contacted them, when they are ready to start their journey again, they're coming straight back to you. And I think what, what you said is, is interesting about um, actually reaching out to them not just mm-hmm. a text or an email because people can, I think people can see through that. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just like an automated, Oh, you haven't been in, in three weeks. Here's your email reminder. Uh, yeah. I think there's a little bit of value in that, but what I've been an advocate of is like, if you have a new trainer on your staff, mm-hmm. have them call the person and offer to work with them. I won't say free. Um, but offer to work with them and just get them like back in the groove of things because it serves the purpose of obviously reacclimating the member, but also getting the trainer more comfortable when they do have those sales opportunities. Uh Um, And it's a win-win for both. I mean, it might cost the club a little bit to pay the trainer, but if that gets the member to stay for three more months, then it's a huge benefit to both, to everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Win, win, win. You know, every, every, here's a, here's a list of people to call. Yeah. You know, everyone that you get in for a session, you're going to give them a 30 minute session. We're going to pay you five pounds, $5, whatever the rate is Yeah. to do that. So, you know, there's 20 people. Yeah. There's, there's a hundred dollars you can earn. You're going to have to call all of them. You're going to have to get them all in. And yeah. I, I need to see in the system that you spent 30 minutes with them. But there's, yeah, get, get in, cracking. And, in, and actually I'm paying you for, to, for developing your business. Yeah. yeah your skills. We'll call this training. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know why more, more companies don't. Um, I mean, I haven't run into many companies that do that. It always seems like it's the, the manager's calling or mm-hmm. whoever kind of like the owner operators are. And it's not the people that the staff are actually going to interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people with the highest touch points should be the one trying to get the members back into the gym because that's who yeah. they interact with. Or even, I mean, for example, we have a couple of clubs like this where if people don't make their minimum stay for first mm-hmm. month visits, then it's the salesperson who's calling them back. Yeah. And the salesperson saying, you know, ultimately they're not saying this, but they're thinking this, I'm not getting my commission unless yeah. you make your four visits. Are you going to come to a class with me? In fact, yeah. I'm going to what what class did let's let's have a look. What did you say you were interested in? You were interested in hot yoga, or you're interested in Pilates, or you really wanted to do um, Les Mills, whatever. I will do that class with you on Tuesday next week. I've never that's that's awesome. I've never heard of anybody doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, getting all the staff need to do all the classes. Yeah, um, just for for their orientation. Yeah, but then saying I'm going to go to the class with you because yeah. you know it's tricky setting up that bike seat. Or yeah. knowing if you're sitting on someone else's Pilates mat, yep, you'll get someone. Undoubtedly, someone will come in and look at you and say, "That's that's my spot." Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll hold your hand and uh, make make sure that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's important. Um, when I mean it's when the volumes start to go up and when you're talking about you know three four hundred members becoming absent a week, um, you know across a chain of clubs, that's where. Um, sending out text messages and emails are good as long as they do look personal. It's not just, Hey Alex, it's been exactly 24 days. It's more of a, (laughs) we miss you. 
and that's part, that's part of our business is sending we out those messages. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this month, this month, it's we miss you. Come back in for a um, program review. You know, hey Alex, we miss you. Come back in for a program review. Mm-hmm. But, and, and that one message needs to change next month because if yep. it is a text, which is what we lead on, because otherwise oh, I've got you. I mean, it's unlikely you'll come back tomorrow and then be absent for another 24 days. Mm-hmm. But you do need to update the messages regularly mm-hmm. um, and also use different channels. Text is very good. Um, email is okay, but open rates aren't, aren't great unless you use compelling subject lines and not the word free. Um, but even still, text is like many calls. Yeah. Calls are our best. Postcards are very good as well. Yeah, There's not many postcards sent these days, and yeah. um, automating those is becoming easier and easier and um, more cost-effective, i.e., cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, that w- when we do that, it builds up to a call. At uh, the best clubs that we work with, those really whittle down the hundred members who are absent on day twenty-four mm-hmm. to day thirty-six, when they've had probably two or three communications automated, but they look personal to a call and the feedback we get on those calls is is phenomenal it's it's nearly always um i'm so sorry oh thank you so much you know oh this happened and i've been lazy yeah um, but i really appreciate the call and i will be in soon and sometimes they're not but but they've had the call they've had the love um and it, it, you know very rarely do people say yeah actually i'd like to cancel but when they do well let's handle it right yeah here we are initiating that let's you know, can we put you on suspension? Are yeah. you injured? Do we need to book you in for some rehab? Um, but most most people, when I, when I on the occasions that I look through those call logs from clients, um, a I know that the calls are happening, but b just yeah to see the love that members are coming back with is um, is really positive. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, um, and there's always a, there's always a fear, and I've had situations where you know three calls have been made, the first three calls at a site, and all three people cancelled. And everyone's going, right, no more calls. And I'm like, oh, can we not just get to call? Let's try and get to call 10. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, three that cancelled, the next seven are going to be all right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 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 Um, okay, how about same question, but save time? What's something every gym can do starting tomorrow to save time? Save time? Um, I think that's probably, it's probably automation. Um, I, I, you know, getting some level of automation in, um, and again, I th- it's, it's understanding the stats, understanding the KPIs, and and backing those. Yeah. So so having whether it's someone at your site who understands the data in the system, but just get get a dashboard that people can look at. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's something that is, you know, a dashboard can be an Excel spreadsheet printout with a chart on that gets printed out on a Monday and yeah. stuck on the staff room door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or it could be a, all right, which site's doing best? Who's, you know, but that dashboards t- ultimately tell you that we're going too fast. We're low on fuel and the oil pressures. Yeah. Going through the roof. Um, so that kind of thing, then as long as those KPIs inform you and you can say, right, this month we are taking this action. And we're going to see what it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about having having those measures and then taking actions, um, which is where I think a lot of people with things like absentee calling, people are afraid to do it, or there's there's fears and worries. Which again is where coaching comes back in to say, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Um, 
so are we therefore not going to try it or you know what actually do you think will happen and then to measure it and to come out of the other end going do we do more of that or do we change it slightly yeah awesome um all right so here come the softball questions because those were the hard ones okay go on. um what's a book that you've read recently that had a big impact on you either professionally or personally um I think the one, the one I probably read four or five books a day, but they're, they're the Lorax and. Um, well, the, if they're kids' uh, books, of course you can read five books a day. <laughs> yeah, to my kids, I should add. Oh. I'm not, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I the Lorax. Is my favorite the, Lorax. the Lorax has that. that that's, I think that's a really good, a good, uh, a good learning journey. Um, yeah. uh, probably. Sapiens is good. Yuval Noah Harari. That's that's um, pretty impactful business wise. Actually, no. Another one is Born to Run by Chris McDougall. Oh yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah, I'm keen. Keen on running, so I like that. Business wise, probably years and years ago, I read The Goal by um, Gold Rat, I think. Um, yeah, I'd, so I left that British. I worked at British Airways briefly, and my boss gave me The Goal to read which is a bit more about engineering processes and things like that. But there's some really, I'll, I'll pick that up every now and then and refer back to it. So the goal is a good one. Um, okay. Um, if you can have three things in your gym bag and that's all you can have for the rest of your uh, life, what's in uh -huh. your gym bag? Um, so I, while I was running today, I did listen to Alex's one and I understand now that, uh, no, not Alex, Ashley's. Yeah, and I understand now that it doesn't include kit, but I, I probably I would have said my swimmers, my swimming trunks, my goggles, and a towel because I, personally, when I'm at a client site, I'll normally go for a swim. Hmm. Um, so, Why do you do that? Um, I just find it relaxing, you know, whole body workout, um, slightly meditative. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just I just enjoy swimming. Um, so yeah, but in you know in a in a workout bag. Um, uh music i think so yeah ipod or phone and headphones is that one that's one <laughs> um and water bottle and then yeah some kind of some kind of tracking device whether it's fitbit or um yeah something that tells tells me what i'm doing i'm not i'm not personally massively into the data mm -hmm. um but uh i know that by posting my workouts or whatever else that it motivates others. And I get motivated by others, you know, po posting their, yeah. uh, their, their runs or their swims. So, yeah. That's interesting. Um, okay. Last question. Uh, what's a quote that you try to live by or one of your favorite quotes? Favorite quotes. Um, uh, I'm thinking of all the, it would be film or comedy quotes, probably like who are those guys from, uh, who are those guys? Do you know that one? No. Your time, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, probably a, ba a band quote. Live it, live it like you love it. Um, is a is a favourite quote. Live it like you love it by the Charlatans. Um, mm -hmm. It's a quote from a song, and a, they did a compilation album as well. So um, it's kind of live the dream, I guess. Yeah. Um, which yeah, just you know, Ultimately, I'm, I'm I'm out there being active, whether it's running around after the kids or you know working working out or swimming at a client's club. Um, but yeah, it's for me. It's just about helping more people to get active, whether it's someone who's brand new and they're walking through that gym for the first time, and through some consultancy I've delivered, people are a bit more welcoming to them, so that they don't 
go in and have that terrible induction and never come back. Yeah. You know, if there's just something a little bit softer going on that means they, they go through that door, that was the, that was the biggest thing they've ever done in their life, walk through the doors of a health club. Yeah. Um, if it means that they come back for a second visit and then hopefully a third, um, then, yeah, that's, that's what it's about for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll wrap it with that. Um, Guy, thank you so much for coming on the Fitness Retention Podcast. Um, You're welcome. It was a pleasure. How I will, I will link everything um, on LinkedIn when I post sure. it. How can people find you uh, real quick? Uh, GG Fit on pretty much whatever you want. So, uh, yeah, ggfit.com is the website. Uh-huh. Uh, we're on Twitter, ggfit, Facebook, ggfit. Uh, you'll probably go through to me, but yeah, Guy Griffiths on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. And if you, so we, yeah, we're, we're sticking out some webinars some free webinars, which are supporting our forthcoming event, which is called retention, retention, retention. So, uh, go figure. <laughs> you can find that on ggfit.com slash RRR. Okay. Um, so yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. My pleasure. And, uh, we will talk soon. Thanks Alex. All right. Bye guys.